The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our armed forces who are tuning in over the Internet and new listeners who are discovering us on new affiliates across the country. Thank you for catapulting the Costa Report to one of the fastest-growing news programs in the United States and for being with us again today. In just a moment, one of the women who I personally admire in journalism and who you know from 60 Minutes and the CBS News, Miss Leslie Stahl will be joining us to talk about some of the news stories she's recently covered from China's plans to corner rare earth elements to the real cost of Obamacare. Stahl's need to know has taken her to the bottom of these stories and many others. She's had a career that spanned decades of investigative journalism and has experienced an awful lot of changes in how the news is reported. But before Ms. Stahl joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about her background. Leslie Renee Stahl was born in Lynn, Massachusetts and is a graduate of Wheaton College. If our research is correct, Stahl also studied zoology at Columbia University for a period of time en route to becoming a doctor. But following a short stint at a Boston television station, Stahl was scooped up by CBS in 1972, where she rose to prominence for her Watergate coverage and where she became the CBS White House correspondent during the Carter, Reagan, and Bush administrations. Stahl also served as moderator of the popular program Face the Nation and hosted 24-hour investigates. And in 1991, she earned the coveted position as co-editor of 60 Minutes. I'd be remiss if I did not add that Ms. Stahl is the recipient of several Emmys, the Edward R. Murrow Award, the DuPont Columbia University Journalism Award, and... Well, more accolades than we have time to name in the short time we have today. And in between all of her journalism and community work, Ms. Dahl has also found time to author best-selling book, Reporting Live. And I understand she has another book, which is getting ready to hit the bookstores. And we'll see if we can get her to tell us a little about that. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report a journalist who has been named a living legend by the Library of Congress, Miss Leslie Stahl. Thank you for joining us today, Miss Stahl. Thank you, Rebecca. Call me Leslie, please. <laughs> we'll be well, friends. Well, I have to tell you, every time someone calls me Miss Costa, I look over my shoulder for my mom. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, before we get going today, uh, let me congratulate you on winning the 2015 Paul White Lifetime Achievement Award. I, I'm, I'm positive when you first started in CBS, uh, you probably weren't thinking about the impact you'd have in electronic journalism. <laughs> well, you're right. As a matter of fact, when I started, which was uh, right after affirmative action passed, I was so excited about just being in the door that I really wasn't thinking much past that. You know, it was thrilling for me and I think the other women who were hired in the early 70s um, to be something more than the researcher, which was the woman's job for so long before that, at least in journalism. Yeah, and you attribute your start in journalism to the affirmative action. Oh, uh, no question. I mean, you, no that, question. <laughs> that program got you in the door. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I had heard, I was working at a local station, which you referred to in Boston, mm-hmm. and I heard from an old friend that the three networks were scouring the country for women reporters and minority reporters. Um, so I quickly called all three 
and my first choice was CBS in Washington, and they hired me, and wow, I was really, I'm, just to walk in the door, um, the, the CBS Bureau in Washington, where I worked for many years, had the, the, uh, the front row offices were like uh, the windows at Saks Fifth Avenue. They were just open. There were no doors. So you could just stare at all these famous people, in my mind, my heroes, you know. There was Roger Mudd and Marvin Taub and Dan Rather, and they were just sitting right there. I, I, I was dazzled. Were you starstruck then? <laughs> yeah, I was totally, totally. <laughs> well, and what's funny is I bet you see that in other people's eyes when they meet you now. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But oh, anyway. I'm sure you do. I, I'm sure you do. Well, you know, there's no question that technology has changed everything, how people receive their news and also who they receive it from. And yet programs like 60 Minutes, which rely on good old-fashioned and, I, I'm going to add, expensive uh, investigative reporting and also on the long form of reporting, they seem to continue. And I thought I, may, maybe I could ask you um, about this need for in-depth coverage at a time when most news is breaking on Twitter these days. Well, I do think that our ratings, which have been consistently in the top ten and often in the top five, show that there is an appetite uh, for reporting done the old way, just what you said, and in-depth, um, and good storytelling, Good, which is the only way you really get good storytelling is if you have almost 15 minutes to do it. So I think that, that there are millions and millions of viewers out there uh, that are hungry for this, and I also think that they bring their children to watch 60 Minutes so that we have a big age range. The children don't get recorded in, in the Nielsen ratings, but I, I can tell you they're watching because children recognize me. So, there you go. Well, the, there you go. There's, there's the true test of it. But, and yet the networks don't seem to put stock in the long form as much. I mean, you've got Charlie Rose, you've got 60 Minutes, you've got only a handful of programs that really go in-depth. I know. And they of don't course, have confidence we, in it. We have our little protected time period on Sunday at 7, uh, and it's kind of a precious little spot. We're very lucky because we often have a, le- a, a sports lead-in. And our, our audiences get very puffed up when we have a big football game or a big golf match before us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the this immediacy and this convenience of the digital age, it also has in some ways affected the camaraderie amongst reporters. Uh, I, I was going back over some old material, and I was realizing that the first women who were allowed in the newsroom, like Cokie Roberts and Barbara Walters, yourself, used to meet once a month for lunch to try to benefit from each other's experiences. And, and those relationships have lasted throughout your whole life. But nowadays, it, it seems like there's a, sort of that connective tissue is missing. Really? No, I don't feel that. I don't really? feel that. Yeah, but let's go back to camaraderie for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then I'll bring you up to, to friendships today. Uh, when, when television came along, I think that a lot of the old print reporters felt that television was disrupting the camaraderie. Ah, because their yeah. deadlines were 11 o'clock at night. So they often had dinner together. They often went out for a drink afterward. And a lot of the... Uh, sitting around with sources happened late at night in bars and places like that. Along came television. Our, our deadline was 6.30 at night, right? And a lot of us went home to have dinner with our families. And I remember, uh, I remember reporters on the first campaign I went out to cover for CBS, which was 1976, and they were the print reporters were complaining because now the, ca- the campaigns were gearing the, their whole rhythm not to them, the print people, but to us, the television people. And they were livid that we were changing <clears throat> the rhythm of things. Mm-hmm. Then, after, you know, our style got accepted as the style, along came cable. And there was no deadline, the 24 hours. And I remember m- being upset myself that they were upsetting the apple cart. <laughs> I know. And now, I mean, now the thing is that there's no time to think. 
you hear no. something and boom, it goes right out. But I find that if there's a newsroom, that if people actually go into a newsroom, whether it's a digital newsroom or whatever, mm-hmm. they actually physically present themselves and there are going to be friendships because reporters love to be with other reporters. They, they do. And I, th- that's the whole thing. If you're face to face with someone, that relationship is going to happen, but not exactly. necessarily over email or Twitter. Right. Now, we right. have to go to our first break. When we come back, we'll see if we can get some of the backstory behind some of the recent stories Miss Stahl's covered. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Dole has a bounty of berries ripe for the picking. Fresh berries are not only delicious, but some of the most powerful disease-fighting foods available. Researchers have found that berries have some of the highest antioxidant levels of any fresh fruits. So add a handful or two of your favorite berries to your next meal and enjoy their nutritional benefits and natural sweetness in all of your dishes, from salads to desserts and everything in between. For fresh tips and ideas from Dole's berry experts, visit berries.dole.com. And be sure to check out the pages of mouthwatering recipes. Whether it's a sweet and savory blueberry cranberry chicken salad, or a simple strawberry sorbet, Dole has the perfect berry to inspire your next berrylicious dish. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right, I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and drag and drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the new Pope who is driving Republicans crazier than Mike Huckabee and Pat Robertson dancing on a gay pride parade float. Just in general for his commie pinko yellow rat bastard predilection for focusing on compassion for the poor, but specifically for his new tree-hugging encyclical. An encyclical may sound like half an encyclopedia, or what happens when a bicycle pushes the edge of the envelope, but in reality, reality, it is the most authoritative statement a Pope can give without stamping it infallible, which is a possibility if they really want to make a stink. In his first solo treatise called La Dautusi, or Be Praised, Pope Francis called on Catholics to make safeguarding the environment and battling climate change an urgent priority and actually couches saving the planet in moral terms which to the GOP is like waving a red flag in front of a bull, papal or otherwise. This move into the field of environmentalism has prompted some to call him the Green Pope, but conservatives are more and more referring to him as Comrade Francis, the Red Pope. But hey, wasn't there another Christian guy who focused on the problems of the poor? What was his name? Oh yeah, Christ. Rick Santorum, a Catholic, objected to the paper, saying, We should leave science to the scientists. Uh Uh-huh. And then what? Ignore them? Santorum, as you know, is a guy who doesn't believe in evolution, and ironically, he is his own best argument. The Pope is going to have to be more circumspect with all this helping of the least fortunate, lest he become a whipping boy for the party of camels passing through the eye of needles. They could very well start blaming him for illegal immigration, Hillary's emails, and Benghazi. For KSCO Radio, I'm Will Durst. Back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is award-winning television journalist Miss Leslie Stahl. 
Now, there's no question your work at CBS has led to some remarkable stories. So let's let's talk about some of the recent headlines. Um, has there been a piece in the last few months that really surprised you or caught you off guard? You mean that I went off to do, and in the middle of it, uh, it changed direction, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, where you just said, wow, what, you know, where is this going? I didn't expect this. Uh, I've had many of those. I've, I've, I don't know if I've had one recently. One of the reasons all, all our stories don't present that kind of wow turn is because we do so much research before we go out to actually film the story. So it is, um, I don't want to say, it's not unusual because I have had those experiences, uh, but not often. So what was uh, one that but, just really floored yeah, you? I'm you know, you, know, you guys did all the research, and you were pretty sure you knew what the story was about, and then you said, no, 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 it's, it's, this is going in a different direction. Right. This was a story I did fairly early on in my time at 60 Minutes. It was about spending on education. And the Kansas City school systems were under a court order to come up to a, a par with the the much richer suburban schools. Mm -hmm. And the state had to pour millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars into the inner city schools. And they did. Uh, They had state-of-the-art everything. They had computers all over the place. They were able to get rid of burned-out teachers. They did everything you would think, small classes. And the test scores went down. And we were stunned. Stunned. We were shocked. We were sure we were going to have a piece that said money makes a difference. We were positive. And in the end, we basically had to say, no, some, there were other factors that were even more important. Well, that is shocking. It was shocking. <laughs> I'd was almost, shocking. I would almost not want to do that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do that. No, I mean, not I'd at all. Tempted, it became... Yeah. It became fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. And one of the answers, one of the problems was parent participation. And uh, we then yeah. went off to do another story, a second story, a couple of years later, on uh, public schools on military bases, where the general says to the parents, you must participate. It's part of your military duty. You must put time in at your kid's school. And those kids all all graduate and I don't know 90% go to college and there's a lot of parent participation so that was the difference it was yep. the parent yep. involvement yes there there was the empirical data now how about your report on something as obscure as China's plans to corner rare earth elements. I mean, no, I'm going, what is Leslie Stahl doing? You know, you're going, I'm going to learn all about rare earth elements. First of all, for people who are not geologists, maybe you could start with what's a rare earth element? Well, it's it's a mag, kind of a magnetic element that what they these elements weren't discovered until I don't know the 1950s I think mm-hmm. uh, or 40s. So they've been they've been in the earth. They're they're very they're they're plentiful. They're not rare, but they're very difficult to extract. But today, rare earths are the heart of our technology. Uh, they're they're what enable computers to be small. They're what enable us to be able to walk around with a computer in our hand. They're what allowed us to have our cars be digital. Uh, so they're essential to modern life. Uh, and, and over the years, China has been able to corner the market on these things, and that not just the mining, but also the manufacture. So, uh, but I remember when, when a producer came and proposed a story to me, and I said, the periodic table? I have to do a story where we're going to look at the periodic table. I thought that was nifty, totally nifty. Uh, and it was really interesting, and it turned out to be quite political, geopolitical. Yeah, well, as I understand it, the U.S. government and businesses um, got concerned after the Chinese cut the Japanese off. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. The Chinese used it as a geopolitical weapon. Um, But, you know, not much has changed. Uh, We haven't seen any policy change. So they they still corner the market. 
So, so when you get deep into a story, like let's take the rare earth elements and the fact that there's no modern life without them. They're very difficult to extract. China has publicly, the government in China has publicly come out and said, um, we're going to corner the market on this as a, as a policy decision, actually. When you get deep into a story like this, do you go home at night and shake your head and go, why aren't we doing something about yes, this? I do. I do. I'm easily outraged. <laughs> yes, I do. So I, I just have to imagine that covering so many stories uh, from Guantanamo to rare earth elements, you, you must, you must, is you there think a I'm in a constant state of rage, right? Well, or <laughs> agitation. I mean, you're, you, you've got to be sitting there saying, hey, is anyone paying attention? Has anybody got their eye on the ball here? I know. It's very frustrating, I must say. People think that one piece on 60 Minutes and the world will change. What happens, I, and I, you probably have seen this yourself over the years, that it can't just be one story. What has to happen is your story produces other stories, encourages other reporters at other outlets to do a second story and then a third story. We say that if the story doesn't have legs, then it's, it's not going to make a difference. And if other reporters don't follow up, uh, very often, very often, it's a big thud. You know? you yeah, story, I, I wonder about the afterlife of the story. You know, where yeah. does it go from once you've made the public aware, where does it go? Well, you see this big burst of activity on social media. Hey, you should see this and, you know, catch this uh, this report. And then it just dies off. Yeah, a lot of the time. It's very frustrating. Very mm-hmm. good. And then some other times uh, you have Congress stepping in and really starting to have hearings and making changes. So, And you never know. You think, oh, this is going to be one of those. And it isn't. And the ones, you know, the other way around. So. Well, I'll tell you, not long ago, I interviewed Michio Kaku, and I have to tell you, uh, as much as I over-prepare, I was just kicking myself I didn't pay more attention in my physics classes in college. <laughs> I, I, I really was. I mean, sometimes it's a real stretch to be able to stay at the same level as who you're interviewing. Have you ever had a time when you just, you know, partway in said, I'm way in over my head here. I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, well, we do so much research here that mm-hmm. and reading to get ready for major interviews. Um, no, it doesn't. We just really study, 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 and sometimes we talk to people at that level on the phone mm-hmm. and say, if I ask this, what will he or she say? And then, you know, what would your, what would your comeback be? We do a lot of pre-work. So no, I'm I'm trying to think. It really shows. I mean, it really. Sh- I mean, it, and and in some ways, that's the difference between radio and television. In television, you really do have staff, and you can really go uh, prepare yep, in I, advance. On radio, you know, we're doing everything by a shoestring here, and right. uh, half the time, I'm trying to you know check facts while the interview's going on. So uh, it oh, gets boy. pretty challenging. Yeah. So we have to take another short break. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more from Leslie Stahl. You're listening. Listening to the Costa Report. Have you checked out the Costa Report blog yet? Well, what are you waiting for? There's no quicker way to find out what newsmakers are saying than the Costa Report blog at RebeccaCosta.com. It's where the former CEO of Apple and PepsiCo, John Scully, predicts where the next tech breakthroughs are going to come from. And also where Trent Lott explains why a GOP reversal of the Senate nuclear option will signal real change in our nation's capital. And the Costa Report blog is where you'll discover why Alan Dershowitz is worried that ISIS is adopting Hamas-like tactics. You'll find all this and more at the Costa Report blog. A new blog is posted every week, and they're short, pithy, and tell the unvarnished truth. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com to get the latest blog. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And while you're there, be sure to register for updates and breaking news. The Costa Report blog, bringing you the news the big networks don't and won't. Do you know what kind of impression you make online? When you do a Google search for your name or business, do you like what you see? Do your search results make you look good? Or do they give you an ugly online black eye? 
Negative content, embarrassing pictures, videos, divorce, bankruptcy, or bad tweets can have a serious impact on your life, career, and business. Fortunately, Reputation.com can help. Take down this number, 1-800-432-9197. That's 1-800-432-9197. When you call, you'll get a free expert reputation assessment. This free assessment, using patented technology, will show you how easy it is to make the truth about you more visible than the negative online content you don't want others to see. Don't let bad search results ruin your life and good name. Get your free reputation assessment today. Call 1-800-432-9197. That's 1-800-432-9197. Don't delay. Call 1-800-432-9197 now. Is your internet connection slow? Do you experience outages or dread calling customer support? How about your latency? Etheric Networks can help you. Etheric Networks is the Bay Area's locally owned alternative to DSL satellite and cable. Etheric provides fast, reliable, symmetric internet via our wholly owned network of towers covering the Bay Area from Salinas to Santa Cruz to Sausalito. We install a two-foot dish on your building and point it to one of our towers to connect you directly to the major data centers of Silicon Valley. Etheric directly connects to Tier 1 companies like Google, Facebook, and Amazon to ensure high-quality service from your building to the world. KSCO Residential Special. Residential service up to 10 megabits per second. Symmetric. That's up and down for $85 a month and $199 installation. With guaranteed minimum speeds and uptime, unlike our competitors. Etheric Networks. Call 650-399-4200. That's 650-399-4200. Etheric.net. That's E-T-H-E-R-I-C dot net. Hey, where do you get healthy? You know, the Mighty 90, the Health Pack, uh, Pollen Burst, Energy Drink is getting confusing. Remember, the original, VitaminGoddess.com. Go on there, look at it, choose it, and before you know it, bam, the goods are in your hand. VitaminGoddess.com or VitaminGod.com. So get your Mighty 90, the Health Pack, and Pollen Burst, Energy Drink. VitaminGoddess.com. 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 479-1080, you're listening to Flight 1080, KSEO, Santa Cruz, Kelly Souza, Dave Michaels, Ben Picard's floating around the studio somewhere. What is this, a studio? What is this thing called? A fuselage? Yeah. What are we sitting in? It's a fuselage, right? It's hot fuselage. as hell in that damn plane, man. What's wrong with the air conditioner? Somebody <laughs> crack a window open. That's Dave Michaels, the Sully Sullenberger of radio. Catch Dave, Kelly, and Ben on Flight 1080, afternoons 4 to 7 on KSEO AM 1080. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is acclaimed journalist Leslie Stahl. Now, we just had the Supreme Court uphold the Affordable Care Act, and uh, you did a piece earlier this year called uh, Dissecting Obamacare. Ten million people who uh, didn't have health coverage now have it. But uh, in your report, Steve Brill goes through the mathematics, and he says there's just no way to pay for it unless hospital and drug costs are allowed to go uh, unchecked as they are now. What was your takeaway from that story? Well, that Obamacare has, according to Steve, and we were really basically doing a piece on his book, mm-hmm. that uh, while it's brought millions and millions of uninsured into the system so that they are now insured, um, that the downside is that it is not controlling costs. Uh, and it's a big downside. Uh, and he, he felt that unless Congress uh, undid its law that, uh, that hospitals and doctors cannot negotiate prices down for Medicare patients, uh, it's still the costs are going to continue to spiral. Cost of drug prices in other countries are half what they are here for exactly the same drug because uh, people in, in those countries, I mean, almost every, every other country, are allowed to negotiate for lower prices. Congress passed a law for, uh, you know, the, because pharma wanted it, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about, and I didn't really completely understand in the story. Why didn't we make an attempt to control costs? It seems like that's the you know the opposite side of the coin, right? One is you give people the health care. The second is you want to bring costs down. Well, because pharma, the drug industry, 
uh, was at the table when the laws were written. And they were on the side. They, they wanted very much to have the drug companies support uh, the Affordable Care Act. Mm. So there were these compromises that were made, and this was, one of, this was a big one, that, yeah. that you can't negotiate lower prices for Medicare patients. Yeah, that Huge. just seems to put us into more and more debt. I mean, we're already looking at maybe $20 trillion next year. And uh, that, that number just, we don't even have any economic models to deal with that number. You know? know. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a frightening thought that, uh, you know, we, we give people health care that we potentially, um, the cost gets so out of control we can't pay for. Well, I've been covering... Uh, bu- budget deficit issues, gosh, I don't want to admit how many years. Every year as a White House correspondent, we covered the budget, and every year the deficit went up, every single solitary year. So except when Clinton was president, I didn't cover the White House, but, I mean, the general trend line has been up, and it continues to be up. That's it. And yet you're you're kind of a optimistic, uh, energetic person. <laughs> I, I am, of to, course. I'm just trying to figure that out. Every year you go in, and they every year they deal with the same <laughs> issues. You mean banging my head on the wall? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, and and here comes the new boss, just like the old boss, and you know, and they go, "We're going to attack these things." Here's my program, and you and when you were there covering uh, for CBS. Uh, did you ever get to a point to say, hey, you know, which one of these fellas or women are going to really jump on this and actually do something? Well, I'm at the point where I think our system just isn't working at all, our, our, the system of government. Um, polarization has made it infinitely more difficult, but I've been thinking it for many, many years. Uh, and we never, we never tweak the system itself. We never say, oh, well, we have so many new technologies. Uh, we ought to make some adjustments to allow for that. We don't even do that. So, uh, unless It, it didn't evolve, some... is what you're saying, is we haven't evolved with the times. Correct. And, and, and we're seeing and the... the symptoms of that. Exactly. Uh, but there's another vote. thing, too. You know, we were talking earlier about you getting together with the first women that were allowed in the newsroom uh, for that monthly lunch, and nobody would even miss it because it was so helpful uh, and so reinforcing. I remember a time, and I, you know, I'm really dating myself here, but I remember a time when the left and the right, you know, even if you disagreed on the floor, you went to each other's houses for barbecues. You know, your kids were in the same school, and you kept running into each other, and uh, just as many deals got brokered over a hot dog and a beer than ever did, you know, in, the, uh, uh, you know, in official offices. Um, but I don't see a lot of that anymore. Well, uh, in a lot of cases, the families didn't move to Washington. They used to. They used to. It was much more difficult for a congressman uh, or a senator to get home. Uh, so he brought his family to Washington. Mm-hmm. Now uh, the commuting is, I guess, easier. I don't know. But they don't bring their families for the most part. And if you don't have families, you're not going to have those kind of parties. So you're right. A lot of the sort of uh, the, the oil that used to grease the wheels has dried up. That social life is right. Right. And that, that kind of kept, I don't know, a lid on polarization. You know, you can disagree all you want, but if you have to spend three hours at a kid's birthday party together, I guess you're going to talk about something. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, exactly. Otherwise, get to be friends and right. there you are. Yeah. Right, and I, I worry about... I think, a lot, I think a lot of Washington worked because of women. And you mentioned that, my, uh, that I'm very friendly with Cokie Roberts. Yes. Cokie has written a new book about women during the Civil War, women in Washington during the Civil War. And it is fascinating. It, it's all about how the women exerted power, uh, you know, working behind the men for the most part, but nevertheless being incredibly uh, influential and powerful. They used to, the women used to march into the White House and go talk to Abraham Lincoln, the women. <laughs> Just march right in there and give them a piece of their mind and 
<laughs> if they're not bringing their wives to Washington, you can see how a lot of that breaks down. It does break down, and yeah. you know, and a lot of that was done through social events too. Uh, in those days, women would have dinner parties, right, and would make sure that everybody, all the guests, were seated next to someone that maybe they didn't know or that was a friend, that kind of thing. There, there was just a lot of care on the social side. I don't know. I mean, do you think that we should require people to move to Washington so that that doesn't break down? <laughs> they can do such a thing, but you were talking about evolving the system. That that would end up in the Supreme Court. That, oh goodness! You know, Everything's going to end up live. there. Right. <laughs> exactly. I honestly exactly. think that if we don't evolve, the, I mean, because you break a, a, a great point. If we don't evolve the system to uh, come up to modern times, I think everything gets you know bounced up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is now having to decide on things that are systemic issues. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, the system has totally ground almost to a halt. I'm, I'm surprised that the Supreme Court could make a decision like this uh, and make it work the way our general system has been going. Yeah. And so over the years of reporting, you clearly have seen the polarization grown worse. Oh, total. Yes. Really? I've really? watched it. Well, yeah. What do you think's fuel? Uh, in addition to people part of not it, living in Washington, part of it is any other part reason? of it is technology because the technology of the web uh, is such a different kind of system than network broadcasting television. When tele when when I was growing up uh, and when I began in my career. Te- Broadcast network television brought the country together. We were all mm-hmm. watching the same shows, the same news. We were, we were speaking the same language and even laughing at the same shows at the same time. Uh, and when you started to get uh, the Internet as the center of communication, which it is now, that is a, a, a niche kind of medium, and it has broken us up. It's totally broken us up. People only... Uh, log on to what they already know and like and appreciate. They don't want to hear the opposing views anymore. That's a good point, and I certainly uh, concur that that goes on in talk radio. All they want to do is listen to whoever they agree with, and it's become a real problem. We're going to take our last break, but stay right where you are. We'll be right back with Leslie Stahl. You're listening to The Costa Report. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right. I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and -and drag-and-drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli. Scott, as Caraccioli's become much more popular throughout the world, have you scaled up production? No, we're always going to stay small. We make about 3,500 cases total a year. About 1,000 of those are still wine. About 2,500 of them are sparkling wine. And we only make two sparkling wines, a Brut Rosé and a Brut Cuvée. And really being able to focus on such a small set of wines in our portfolio and two varietals gives us the opportunity to really perfect what we're doing and develop programming that doesn't get distracted and is really just focused on exactly what we want to produce which is vintage Method Champenois bubbles out of the Santa Lucia Highlands year after year. Let our knowledgeable staff introduce you to Caraccioli Sparkling and Still Wines at our tasting room on Dolores Street in Charming Carmel-by-the-Sea. To learn more, visit us online at C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I-Cellars.com or give us a call at 831-622-7722. Are things getting a little messy around the office? 
At Coast Paper and Supply, we'll meet all your janitorial needs. Mops, dusters, disinfectants, we got them. Can't get rid of that smell in the break room? Try our deodorizer. Carpet stains? We have a cure for that, too. While you're at it, pick up the essentials. Garbage cans and liners, sponges and brooms. Is your company going green? Coast Paper and Supply is offering earth-friendly cleaning and food service alternatives. Our ever-evolving stock includes compostable bowls, plates, cups, and cutlery. Not to mention eco-friendly cleaners and biodegradable trash can liners, all at the lowest possible price. So come visit Coast Paper and Supply at 151 Josephine Street or look us up at coastpapersupplyinc.com. You can also call us at 831-423-3350. That's 831-423-3350. This is Steph. This is Rob. Join us for Out in Santa Cruz Saturdays at 7 p.m. as we bring you the hottest LGBT topics and guests of the week. It's fun, it's fabulous, and we don't shy away from controversy. Visit outinsantacruz.com for past shows and more. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Remember, join us on Out in Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. Saturdays on KSCO AM 1080. I'm Steph. I'm Rob. And you've been been queered. Join me for It's a Question of Balance with Ruth Copland on Saturday evenings 8 till 10. In the first hour, we ask questions that matter, focusing on the deeper issues underlying current events, politics, and our daily lives. Call in and join the conversation. In the second hour, we balance the intellectual with the creative by featuring in-depth interviews with local, national, and international guests from the arts. Tune in Saturday evenings 8 to 10 and discover it's a question of balance. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Leslie Stahl. And before we went to break, you brought up the point that people now search out programs which agree with them. And uh, and along those lines, I, I wonder if some of the hosts and the uh, specifically the programs with cherry pick the facts to forward an, an agenda, but they make it look and sound like news. Do you feel that that's damaged journalism in some way? Yeah, I think that we all get put into a sort of salad bowl. We're all media. And, yeah, I think that I'm media and they're media, so, yeah. Uh, but I think that the whole thing is being fueled by the the the, the, the technology itself, the way you can find anything you want online. And the way you just put blinders on when you're when you're looking at the machine or the thing in your hand, uh, you don't look up. You look down, and it's it's just making us more isolated as people and and narrowing. I think our views. I, I really think it is the technology itself. One of the things that makes such a great journalist is critical thinking. And it's it's a big hot topic for me because I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, no matter what your position is, you can find something on the Internet to agree with you, even exactly. if it's just wrong. <laughs> and, and I'm troubled by that because I don't see people, I don't know, um, uh, using critical thinking to take a look at what they're fed on the Internet or even what they're fed on talk radio is the biggest offender. Let me be the first to say it. Well, here uh, we are on yeah. talk radio. You and I know, I. <laughs> but uh, but 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 normally you and you know talk radio. I mean, it's hours and hours of people just uh, presenting opinions as though they're facts, and uh, it's the reason I went to radio. I thought this is this is ridiculous. I have never heard of somebody being able to talk for three hours and never mention a single empirical fact. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's it's alarming. I don't, where where should people go to get those facts? I mean, you have a staff. They there, should but. watch sixty minutes. What do you mean? Where should they go? Of course, sixty minutes and, and listen to the Costa report, right? And bring right the, there, your you know. children in and have them watch because it really is 
kind of a it is a family show. So there you go. It it, it is. So I'm doing all right. My so I'm, ad here. I, I and I like that. Uh, and I I tell you, uh, I've been watching sixty minutes. You know, for years and years and years. Actually, our whole family used to watch it. To your point. See? Yeah. Um, my dad liked to have discussions afterwards with us kids, and and it really helped that critical thinking uh, in all of us, uh, because my dad was one of these fellows who could take any position and enjoyed doing so. <laughs> so, so we had a lot of discussion back and forth. So knowing what you know, uh, the conditions at Guantanamo, gaps in homeland security, rare earth element, monopolies, rising health care costs. What keeps Leslie Stahl awake at night? Hmm. I think some of the things we've been talking about. I, I do worry about uh, that our, our government systems are not smooth running and things get clogged up and not done and there's a lot of ugliness uh, between amongst our leaders. Uh, it's, there's a sadness to it. And uh, I, I'm not sure I, I worry about that as much as I'm just perplexed by it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the world is such a dangerous place today. Terrorism, all kinds of different kinds of terrorism. The New York Times, I think it was the lead story today, saying that there's more domestic terrorism than there is jihad terrorism. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I think that I there's a lot that's wonderful. So I don't want to be all negative. So that's no, what but I, I like. But I asked you, you know, what keeps you up at night? And I think it's, you know, I think there are a lot of people listening today who are nodding their heads and saying, I'm, I'm worried too. I, you know, yeah. I, I see a very violent uh, world, an unstable world, and uh, you know, you know, I certainly don't want to leave that behind for my kids. Uh, so, I remember. Uh, yeah. I remember when the Cold War was coming to an end. This echoes in my head. I'm always coming back to this. It was, uh, gosh, I want to say some sometime in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think George Herbert Walker Bush was president. And the, the Cold War was ending. The Berlin Wall had come down and the Cold War was ending. And I went on a trip to Russia, and a man named Georgi Arbatov, who was... Uh, had been close to Gorbachev, the head of Soviet Union at the time, met with a group of us. And he said, you know, your country's going to have a terrible time because you, you are organized around us as your enemy. Mm-hmm. And everything in your life is us as the enemy, and you're not going to have an enemy anymore. And you're, <laughs> you're right. not going to know what to do. You're not going to know who you are. And I watched it play out a little bit. And I'm haunted by that. I think of it all the time. We don't, you know, we're not organized around a a common problem. And maybe that's also part of what's happened. Uh, I don't know. I just remember it so vividly. People tell me lots of things, but that one really stuck with me. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that was 9 11. After 9 11, we all came together. And then, but it hasn't uh, helped you know, uh, to keep us together. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, maybe we do need that rallying cry. Now, uh, rumor has it you've got another book coming out. Can you tell us anything about that book? No, I'm not talking about it yet. <laughs> but it'll come out okay. uh, in less than a year, and um, I'm still working on it. It's it's still very much a work in progress, and uh, but I'm enjoying it. I actually, I've written two books now, and I've I've enjoyed it a lot. I, well, I there's two types. Of, yeah, it. there's two types of writers: those that actually like it, and then there's me, tortured, absolutely oh. find it a torturous process. Well, you know what I like? I like, and I like it in my work as well. I I like the editing, so mm-hmm. I like to just get it all down and then go back to the very beginning you know, and tweak it and play with it and fix it. And uh, I'm at that stage. So oh, good. I, I'm good. enjoying that a lot. So good. Of, well, we're looking forward to, to well, reading you. your second book, and I hope you'll come back and talk oh, about I'd it. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love Unfortunately, to. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we've got left. But uh, before we say goodbye, I want to congratulate you again on your Paul White Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, and thank, thank you. Thank you for taking time to be with us. My great pleasure. It was fun.
If your station is leaving us after the first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Leslie Stahl, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And if you missed the full interview with Ms. Stahl or any of our other previous guests, remember you can download episodes of the Costa Report from our website at RebeccaCosta.com, also Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel. And don't forget to catch our weekly blog, which you'll also find at the website. Each week we offer a quick roll-up of what our guests had to say. So if you ever miss an episode, which I hope you won't, you can still stay in the know by grabbing the blog and watching the videos that we update on the site. This week, we're featuring an amazing video of what is about to become the world's first commercially available flying car. That's right. I said flying car. Move over Tesla and General Motors. Aeromobile is about to revolutionize ground and air transportation by combining the two. And if you want to see the flying car in action, just go to RebeccaCosta.com. It's right there on our homepage, along with other interesting news um, that the mainstream media uh, isn't covering. Um, And speaking of going back to a time when journalism was treated like a public service, if you haven't already done so, please take a moment to order your copy of the Watchman's Rattle. It's a book that I promise will rattle your world. The book is featured on our website at RebeccaCosta.com. That's myname.com. If you're looking for a great summer read, well, folks, this is the book. No other book offers a simple, elegant explanation for the consternation that we see around the world today or what we can do about it. And the book offers insights that you're not going to find anywhere else. So get your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. Go to RebeccaCosta.com to order it. And don't forget to ask for a custom dedication and also an autograph. Now, my guest next week is one of the most senior members of the House, Miss Marcy Kaptur, who'll be here to get to the bottom of something you've been hearing a lot about lately, the Trans-Pacific Partnership and controversial efforts to use the Trade Promotion Authority to prevent Congress from amending any trade deals. Don't miss one of the trade deal's earliest opponents, Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur, next week on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management